Two, one. Oh, that's a that's a good looking audio <clears throat> peak right there. Hmm. Nice and sharp. That's like um. That's like um. It's kind of peak you're looking for, like if you're making a good meringue. Uh, kind of, but not even close. <laughs> I mean, it's a clear <laughs> peak. It's a uh, it's a clear peak. You're right. It is. But this I one, bring this up because I want to, I want to get into baking. Do you really? Yeah, I think yeah, it's like, like from scratch. Like, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, like making my own dough. Have you been watching the Great British Bake Off? Is that why? <laughs> yeah, we have been watching a lot of that. And then Leah got me the uh, Paul Hollywood's How to Bake oh, Cookbook. It's pretty awesome. Well, that's pretty freaking so, cool. Yeah, I really want to do this because. I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy it more than uh, wood carving because, like, I get to eat afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very fair point. <laughs> yes, yes. <clears throat> all right, you want to get us in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, here we go. Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. My name is Nick. And I am Ben, aka Sketch256 on Twitch. We are back with episode 19, I think. Uh, Guess who's back? It is 19. I had to, I double checked earlier today. It's 19. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Episode 19. Um, kind of piggybacking off of last week's episode. Um, not last week's, the last episode from like a month ago. Last um, month's episode. Yeah. We're actually going to be talking about the PS5 um, reveal event that they had. Uh, talking about the yes. PS5, talking about some of the games. Maybe going over some of the games that excited us. Some of the games that, um, to me, kind of were intriguing. Um, mm. And I definitely think this event went way better than Xbox's. So, Do you want a console to go with your uh, 1980s DeLorean? <laughs> <laughs> we got the console for you. Yes, the you. design is interesting. Um, but yeah, you want a you... console that RoboCop would play? <laughs> I don't know if RoboCop would even like this one. Too much plastic. <laughs> no, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, no, yeah. I I agree. Uh, yeah, I was I was I was memeing, but yes, I think that I think they handled this reveal way better than the Xbox did. So hopefully, Xbox is taking notes, and their next reveal in July will be much better. Yes, for sure. Uh, what's been going on this week? I know you've been uh, streaming a little bit. You've been in it uh, with the the GCX. Yes. So um, with all the crap that's been going on in the world, 2020 has been obviously a really challenging year for a lot of people. Uh, but there's something really, really positive happening right now. Uh, at the time of us recording, it will probably not be happening once we're done recording. <laughs> June 18th. And you can go look at the VODs and stuff like that. So yeah. it'll all be on Twitch. But Right. So this uh, expo, this thing this used to be called Guardian Con. Um, it was made by King Athalian and Broman and um, uh, K101, K-Magic 101. Excuse me. And uh, I went to the actual convention last year. Anyway, they do a charity stream. Mm-hmm for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And it's just been incredible. Today Today is the day that I watched the most of. Um, and so I tuned into Leopard Stream. 
And he last year he raised thirty-one thousand dollars in four hours, which is incredible. Jeez. This year he raised eighty-one thousand dollars in four hours. Uh, and he actually he shaved like so his fifty thousand dollar like stream goal was to to shave his head like a friar, like he has <laughs> hair in the front and then like a circle cut out around his head, and then hair in the back and on the sides, Jeez. and then. Um, they like crushed that goal yeah. probably within like two hours, two and a half hours or something like that. So then they bumped the goal up to seventy seven thousand dollars. So it's like seventy seven 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 because seven is like a really um, important number for des- for Bungie. Yeah. And they found this haircut that was like they called it the halo or the circle cut, and it's like a circle of hair that like follows the sideburns <laughs> down to the neck. And it's just one line of hair going around the face. Vertically, not horizontally. Yeah, yeah, That's like awesome. vert- like like <laughs> shaping the face. And um and if you got seventy seven thousand seven seventy seven thousand seven hundred seventy seven dollars that they would do it. And they made they reached eighty one K right there at the end. Someone donated like a five thousand dollar uh bomb to to get there. And so <laughs> so, so like his it was like right at the very end, so he didn't have time to cut his hair again. So he went on stream later on, and he sh- and his wife shaved his head. His wife shaved his head like that, and uh, it's it was the, the creepiest, weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also awesome because it was like eighty one thousand dollars going for charity, and then right after that, Bungie uh, hosted a four hour block, and they raised. So last year they raised four hundred thousand dollars in four hours. They hit four hundred thousand dollars. I want to say in the first hour this oh year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was insane. I think they raised they raised like seven hundred and seventy-seven thousand dollars, or just over that, because they also had like a stretch goal for that. Yeah, know, sevens were a big deal. So. It was crazy. I mean, it was just really encouraging because it's just like I'm, I just watched like almost a million dollars get raised for charity. And this charity, if you don't know what St. Jude does, listener, um, I, th- I know I've talked to Nick about it, but th- it's amazing. I mean, they they take these families and their children, these children have cancer, and they bring the families to the campus. They give them treatment. They um, provide them with room and board. They do all this stuff. Uh, they they do extra special stuff like help the kids stay involved with their school or yeah. do extracurricular activities. You know, there's like video games for them to play and things like that. It's a really cool hospital, and they don't charge the parents anything. Mm-hmm. The parents never see a bill for any of it. So their kids, you know, it's like I think when it was started, like seventy or eighty years ago. I mean, it was like if a kid got cancer, it was pretty much like medically accepted that they were just gonna die. Yeah. They didn't have the kind and of so, treatments and stuff that we have now. Yeah. Oh no. And <clears throat> part of the reason why we have the treatments we have now is because Saint Jude does this work and they do this research. They do research on on these treatments and things like that. Yeah. And they share all that information. So it's not like hidden behind a paywall where yeah. they like share this information. So the survival rate is like it is I can't remember what the exact numbers are, but I think it used to be like four yeah. percent of kids who got cancer would survive, and now it's like in the upper eighties. I want to say, gosh, that's crazy. Like, yeah, it's it's really amazing. It was very heartwarming and encouraging to watch that, and uh, 
I'm gonna. I'm, I'm trying to participate as well. I've got you know. I've got a, a, such a tiny stream, but I just figure if I can if I can support it in any way I can, yeah. I will. Well, any so any week. any bit helps. That's the thing about. Oh it. yeah. I mean, yeah. it all totals up to this bigger amount. That's um, right. That's exactly really right. Cool. Every little bit, every little bit matters and counts. And so. Yeah, I was just looking up the numbers, um, and it looks like last year they raised a little over three point seven million. And right That's now right. they're at about three or four point six million, so they've crushed right. last year's um, amount yeah. already, um, and they're yeah. really so close. So they went over. Uh, yeah, they went. They broke three point eight million during Leopard Stream, which was cool. It was like really hype, and yeah. then they raised seven hundred thousand dollars right after that. <laughs> God, that's so crazy. <laughs> that's really yeah. really cool. That these these uh, awesome. these gamers these streaming uh, these gamers that are streaming yeah. are. Um, are raising thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars um, yep. for these kids. Yep. That's such a cool. It's such a cool idea. I don't think ten years ago anybody would have thought this was possible or a thing because like people were still being made fun of for being a gamer. You know. Um, oh well, I mean it's that's still happening, but the uh, uh, awesome games done quick has been raising money for charity for a really long time. I, I, they may have been doing this about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't have been at this scale. Yeah, um, right. Because tw cause Twitch wasn't really a thing at this scale, you know, that kind of sure. stuff. So Professor Broman actually got started doing charity stuff because of Awesome Games Done Quick, which is like a speedrunning community. Sure. And then um, and then once he started his own stuff, and they, they actually kind of accidentally made this convention. <laughs> Guardian Con, yeah. They, they actually started in a bar. They were like, let's just, let's have like a few content creators come together in a bar and like have a meetup and we'll rent out space for like 250 people. A thousand people showed up at this bar. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like, okay, maybe next year we should try like an actual convention. And right. Roman was like, hey, we should try and do a charity thing. And so that they've, they've started this charity marathon which is really it's it's incredible and they get dozens of streamers together and all yeah. these different communities come together and then you got stuff like game developers are coming in and you yep. know like bungie is coming in and doing a four-hour block and i think the people from warframe have done a block yeah in the past and uh just things like that so it's really cool uh dr lupo is gonna be closing it out on sunday mm. last year he by himself I mean, like his community, the people that were there, but just him raised nine hundred thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, almost a yeah. million dollars. Yeah, yeah, in four hours. Well, they actually they bumped it up. They were like trying to reach a goal, I think, because uh, I think it costs three point eight million dollars to run St. Jude a day, like each right. day. Um, and so I think that's what they were trying to do. Like, we want to run it for at least one day. That's our goal this yeah. year. Um, and so I think that they were like trying to get that goal and they just barely missed it, but they gave him like four and a half hours and he raised $900,000. And that's partially because Dr. Lupo has got all these really smart, like he's a great streamer, but he's also a really smart business person. Right. Like he's got connections with like Nestle chocolate and, and he had, you know, he's got like, <clears throat> yeah. he's got PC, like I looked at his incentives. If you look on Twitter, it's like, he's got a PC to give away or two PCs to give away. He's got Nintendo switch lights to give away. Yeah. Um, like a lot as like incentives, uh, or like you can get enter in win uh, raffles and things like that. So, uh, it's just really cool stuff. It looks like Warframe is the only official sponsor of this year's, um, stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm not the, certain that Bungie is a sponsor. Yeah. Per they're se, just participating. They are, they're, yeah. 
they're they're definitely a presence. Yeah, um, and they they definitely participate, <clears throat> which makes a big deal because I mean their community alone, the Destiny community alone, is is huge. So it, it again oh, yeah. that brings more awareness, and so that's that's really really amazing. Absolutely, and it's just it's also just great that like. Yeah, it's. I mean, like this started beca- partially because of Destiny, and it's really sure. cool to see Bungie like taking an apt- active step and being a part of this. Bungie is very mm-hmm. like, uh, like charity minded anyway. Like they have a store, but all of their proceeds go to um, like different charities. I, th- yeah. I can't remember. They what have they the are. Bungie like, Foundation. All the proceeds. Mm-hmm. That's right, the Bungie Foundation. Yeah, and they raise money for like you know early this year they raised money for the fires in Australia. Yeah, I forgot about that. That that happened this year. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I may have mentioned this last podcast. I can't remember, but it's like we start off almost having World War Three, mm-hmm. and then Australia is on fire for uh-huh. like three weeks. And then it's COVID. And then it's like protests and riots in the streets. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like 2020 is a big year for change. That That's for sure. But, um, yeah. But Bungie raised money for that. Like when that, um, uh, I can't remember. I think it was like a tsunami in Nepal. I think it was a tsunami. I can't yeah. remember. But there was like a big problem in Nepal. This is back in Destiny One days, and they had a fundraiser for that. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're 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 very charity minded, and they it's really cool to see them you know participate in this way. But yeah, anyway. Yep. I mean, it's that's uh, I mean, game game devs they they build their games, they do what they can. But the thing is, game devs also have a gigantic community and a gigantic reach. Oh, yeah. So I mean, for companies to be able to use that for a greater good i think that's it says a lot about a company um absolutely and since bungie split from activision i mean i haven't heard like bad things about bungie itself maybe destiny has you know maybe fall off the rails (laughs) a couple of times but the thing is like they own up to it they don't try to hide it they're not trying to oversell on anything They've like they've really like got a plan down, and they're like, "This is what the plan is," and they share everything. They communicate, they listen to the community, um, and so like Bungie is becoming one of my favorite game devs right now. Um, which is, I a- think, I think they're one of the more responsible ones for sure. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. No, Bethesda used to be my favorite game dev, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's changed drastically. Um, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Ho- hopefully they'll bounce back. I hope they will. I mean, because I, yeah, I used to like Bethesda a lot more too. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember who it was, but someone someone asked me, like, what are the top three game devs that you'd want to work for? And it was Bethesda, yeah. Rockstar, and then CD Projekt Red. Um, and mm. since then, like, Bethesda's fallen off that list for sure. Rockstar a little bit just because of, like, how much they're trying to monetize GTA five with the Oh yeah. The casino and with everything like about the, that. The real casino. <laughs> yeah, it's just they're they're making a lot of like really sketchy decisions and I mean I respect their ability to make games and the quality of games that they come out with, but like sure. Sure. at this point C D Project Red is I, I still thoroughly respect them as game devs and as a as a company uh, made up of, of oh, people. Yeah. And so um yeah, did but, you see that they they push back um, Cyberpunk again? I think that is probably my most highly anticipated game. Like I am so excited to play that game, but for me, yeah, yeah. I'm in no rush to play it. It's it's not a big right. deal if if it's if it's going to release in a better state, in a state that's true to their vision and that is going right. to make it better for 
the players, then why is that a bad thing? To me, that's yeah. that's what yeah. it is. It's just patience. Just have patience. There's plenty of stuff out there to play. So, like, why be in such a hurry um, to play this one particularly and to bash devs for wanting to make it better? I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. Are people, Have you noticed if people are really mad at them for it? There are a couple of tweets that are like that. Of course, it's not the majority. It's a it's a it's a loud minority of people. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how loud the minority is on Internet. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, um, like angry video game fans can be, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But it, the thing is, this isn't turning into like a um, Star Citizen kind of thing. So like. If oh, it right. turns if it turns to that, then yeah, we could probably get mad at them. But the thing is, like, they they're pushing it back in the midst of like global turmoil and a and a pandemic where people are working from home and things are crazy. Like, have a little right. bit of understanding right. uh, from their perspective. Um, and because these are a group of people, they're trying to work together uh, apart from each other, which. You know, there are plenty of hurdles when you're working in the same building, but having to work from home, like 80, maybe 90 percent of your workforce is now working from home on the same project. Um, I mean, I had I worked remotely when I was working on Smite and like there were a lot of hurdles to to overcome with that. And so trying to do that for maybe 150, 200 people, I can't imagine um, the IT headache that that is. So no, Mm-mm. me, I, I can see it from that perspective and say, like, give them some extra time. They've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, I, and I, it probably won't be a game I play just because of the content that will be in the game, but, um, there'll be some of the kind of content I, I'd prefer to avoid, but sure. the, um, but I think the quality of the game is probably going to be really high up there. And yeah. It, I do think it's encouraging that like they're claiming the game is totally ready or done. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to get bugs knocked yeah. out. And I, I think if there's anything that could really mess up a game like that, the experience, it would be bugs. Yeah. And that's kind of similar. I mean, cause I, cause I, I would, I would equate the size and the complexity of this, you know, to something like Skyrim. Yeah. Um, and Skyrim was so good. And the only thing I really hated about it was the bugs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if they can fix that stuff and iron it out, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I never, well, I try to never play a game on day one because there's always going to be a patch, um, pretty much always, um, with any kind of game. Yeah. And I think the only game I didn't was um, The Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. Yeah, I think that oh, was right. the one that I played right. on, on day one. Um, but it was relatively um, harmless bugs that I, I encountered, but, you know, the thing is, like, there's always going to be day one bugs. At least they're getting those bugs out of the way. Like, they're yeah. they're trying to smooth all that stuff out and, and take care of it. And as as good as Witcher 3 was um, and is, uh, I still encountered bugs playing it four years later. So if, right, if they can right. at least take care of some of these, like, easy ones or early ones or things that are going to pull you out of the game or, like, interrupt your play session... Um, yeah, let them. I don't. It's. I think that's fine. That's that's good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. If if they delay yeah, it for like yeah. two years straight, I might I might be a little more angry. But the thing is, like, <laughs> take a look at the situation, the context of where, where the world is at right now, and just have a little bit sure. of understanding. So yeah. 
Well, and it's just one. I mean, it's one of the benefits of being an independent developer. You yeah. know, they're able to say, uh, it's, "The game's not ready, so we're yeah. not putting it out there yet." Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, they would rather make you wait another couple months than get the game early, but it being a buggy mess. Mm-hmm. And so I just think. And I think they're smart. I mean, they might make some people upset in the meantime, but you know what? You know, you you, you tick off children all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do, do, doing things that are ultimately better for them. So <laughs> Yeah, those that are going to throw tantrums are going to do it no matter what. They're just going to find a reason that's somewhere. Right. Um, but and yeah, they'll I, be fine. You know, they'll bounce back, you know. Yeah. And Kids I think, are resilient. <laughs> I, think, I think Ubisoft is in that tipping point where um, they're, I think they're, they're their own publisher, right? They have their game studios and their devs, but they're they publish their own games. I'm pretty sure. I think I think so. Because I think it's like EA, Activision, and Ubisoft are like the the three big ones, and I think 2K Games is kind of in there too. But um, but Ubisoft is like the one where they really screwed up and they really made a huge change because they can't keep taking hits like that over and over. Um, Right. And so yes, that's uh, it is it is a publisher. Okay. So yeah, it's it's really encouraging to see that they took the steps that they did. Um first kind of reforming the Assassin's Creed franchise, uh, starting with Odyssey and then Origins and then hopefully with um <clears throat> the new one that's going to come out. Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah. Um but hopefully they can follow that trend of not rushing things like if it needs more time in the oven baking reference that you give it more time in the oven <laughs> i don't know if that's going to make it into the cut of the episode i'm going to start learning how to bake oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> J- just in case just in case <laughs> we talked about it before we started now you, have, now you have to include like the minute before we actually uh did the intro so that people yeah. will know what we're talking about uh ben's learn gonna learn how to bake so that's pretty cool uh um, it's yeah. a throwback mm-hmm. I- Inside joke. Me and my wife, we're going to learn how to bake, and then we're going to move to England, and we're going to get dual citizenship status so I can be on the Great British Baking Show. Mm. That's that's the goal. And he's going to stream on Twitch while doing it. 100%. People do baking <laughs> or cooking streams. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Why Bungie, not? Destiny 2. So they just yes. dropped some pretty big stuff, talking about the next... Uh, Next they did. big drop, and then also some stuff that came out no one was expecting. Yeah, so uh, you're talking about like people not complaining about Bungie as much, like as a developer, not so much, but in, in relation to Destiny, sure. there have been plenty of complaints. Uh, this past season was probably one of the weakest ones that the game has had. Yeah, just as far as things to do, and and that's fine. Like as a as a Destiny fan for coming up on uh, almost six years. Um, oh, I've just learned that there are going to be high points and lulls throughout the year because they're human beings and they can't always be making something that's incredibly has a lot of depth and yeah. has a lot of things to do. Like they just can't do it. It's not possible. So I've just adjusted my expectations now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not expecting there to be a ton to do in the spring because there never has been a ton to do in the spring. Yeah. Um, but there's, pretty much always like a really great pretty beefy content drop in the fall um and so we were kind of waiting to hear about that and uh it was during last the last season of destiny and they hadn't actually talked about the next season and they hadn't mentioned what was going on uh in the fall and so they started kind of teasing this this live stream and so bungie did a live stream was about a half hour it was last tuesday it was the 
Was that the ninth? Yeah, it was the ninth. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> and they announced. Not only did they announce this fall's DLC, they announced the next three fall DLCs. <laughs> yeah. Which has n- they've never done before. I don't think so, like, any developer are, has ever done that. I, I, you know, I have to agree. I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, that's yeah. true. Like the next three years of content have been laid out, sure, and, and, and like in like very general terms. But at the same time, if you're a fan of the game, you kind of know what's coming. Yeah, and it's pretty exciting. So the 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 content drop that's coming in the fall is called Beyond Light, and something that they've been teasing in the game for a long time. Um, there's this great line from Forsaken where you're about to kill Aldrin, spoiler alert. And uh, Aldrin <laughs> says, the line between light and dark is so very thin. How do you know what side you're on? And basically, excuse me, basically ever since then, they've kind of toyed around with this idea of guard, you're a guardian of the light, but you might be flirting with the darkness a little bit. Sure. Like you might be moving over to the darkness and like in, in Gambit, if you invade the other team, you're actually uh, taken or like a dark guardian in that moment. So you can be an enemy to them and the taken oh. don't attack you because yeah. you're an ally of theirs when you're invading. <clears throat> so there's like these different things they've kind of been hinting at for a while about light and dark. And if you listen to the lore, I say listen because I mostly just watch lore videos from My Name is Bife. Um, <laughs> so good. <clears throat> that they've been kind of flirting with it for a while, and we, and we were kind of wondering when when this is finally going to pay off. Is it ever going to pay off? Yeah. Bungie doesn't have the greatest track record with like finishing off storylines. Yeah. It's kind of, you know I mean it's kind of like Lost a little bit you know. <laughs> like, if you were fans of Lost, then you know there's like 50 stories that never got wrapped up or resolved in that yeah. show. And so. Um, that was one thing where like the light and the dark we were kind of curious about. And then actually hearkening back to vanilla destiny one, there was this character called the mysterious stranger mm-hmm. who's in like the first campaign. And that's the only time you ever see her. Yep. <laughs> she just disappears. And very, and... She just disappears yeah. and never comes back. And she like, there's all kinds of questions about who she is, who, like, who does she talk to? Like she's talking to somebody at certain points of the game and you're yep. like, who is she speaking to? Like, are you going to learn about this? Are you going to learn about her? She has this, you know, this classically memed line from the game called, where she says, I don't have time to explain why, why I don't have time to explain. You know, and it's like, wow, okay, so y'all just had to re- really rewrite the story and didn't know what to put here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and um, anyway, so they, they released a trailer for Beyond Light. And in it, uh, you see Eris Morn and the Drifter, mm-hmm. uh, flashes of them and flashes of some new area in space, and then someone over by a bonfire, and they get on a sparrow, and they start riding out. And it's it's kind of a long trailer that doesn't reveal a whole lot, but what it does reveal is that the Mysterious Stranger is back. Yeah, finally. <laughs> and that, yes, exactly. And that there is a pyramid ship, mm-hmm. which is which are the, um, we call them like the 3D Space Doritos. Um, <laughs> They are, as best as we can tell, they are the they are the darkness. Right. Like, or they are agents of the darkness that are most closely related to them. And in, in some way, it's we're not entirely sure. But um, they, you know, they they brought a pyramid ship to the to the game last year on on the moon, and you got you got to kind of talk to the darkness a little bit. And then it was almost it was like radio silence for a while. Mm-hmm. And now there's a pyramid ship. Uh, it's landed. It's landing on Europa, which is a moon of Jupiter. 
the strangers back, mm-hmm. uh, Eris and, and the drifter are there. And the reason why those were in the trailer is because they kind of flirt with the darkness a little bit. And they actually revealed that, uh, you, the guardians are getting new subclasses. Um, for the first time in, in destiny history, they're getting a new element in their, of a subclass. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, there's the three elements, there's void, uh, solar and arc. And now they're getting one called stasis and it's powered by darkness. So it's like a darkness subclass. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's a lot of stuff that the community has been interested in and wanting to know about and wanting to experience for a long time. And uh, and they're doing that. There's going to be a new raid and stuff like that. So they're introducing it. Yeah. And then um, <clears throat> they they so they dropped the season right after that, and they dropped a, a new dungeon, which is like a three man mini raid. Yeah. Um, so fun. Which is tied into the. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. super fun. Um, it's tied into the nine. I won't get into the lore of who the nine are because that's I don't really know, and it's too much time to explain what I do know. <laughs> I don't have time to explain why I don't have to. <laughs> and uh, and then they revealed that uh, next fall they're coming out with an expansion called the Witch Queen, mm-hmm. which if you've been following Destiny lore is Oryx's sister Savathun. So yeah. that's really exciting. We've been hearing about her for a long time, since Forsaken or even before that. Well, I think Bife in his recap of like the entire oh of the entire lore of like Destiny, he's he starts with all that, like where all that came from and talks about Yeah. Um was it the three sisters or something like that? And it's the three sisters, yeah. So you have and the worms and, yeah. and Ajivu Arath, yeah. Yeah, and just talking about all yeah. that before you even get to the traveler, I think. Before any of that. Yeah. And so I mean it's a there's a huge kind of backstory that feeds into all this. So it kind of reveals right. why the darkness itself is so um kind of ominous and, and terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's like the Hive, so that Oryx and Savathun and all them are like the basically the starters of the Hive, mm-hmm. the race that you fight against. Um, and they, um, yeah, they're, they're supposed to be millions and millions of years old. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so there's this, you know, they, they kind of started before all the, ev- way, way before the events of what's happening here yeah. <clears throat> in the game. And so, yeah, the lore for Destiny is some of the best around, sure. in my opinion. Like, I there's some really deep interesting lore it doesn't always make it the best stories for some reason i don't know why it doesn't always translate but the lore is always like top tier right <laughs> so anyway a whole bunch of stuff dropped for destiny 2 and people are really excited about it not to mention they took out skill-based matchmaking in pvp except for like mm. like the really competitive playlists sure um so it's just, I think they're just kind of embracing the craziness yeah. for like Des because Destiny 2 PvP is just kind of random and crazy and they're just kind of going with it. <laughs> well, the thing is, at this and point, so far, so far I've heard really good things. Yeah. Well, at this point, so, yeah. it's like you've got the time, you have a three year roadmap. So, like, why not try it? See how it goes. I mean, maybe it might be, yeah. it might better balance things out. So, um, well, and I think it just kind of, re- it, it helps prioritize connection, so you have better sure. connections in your fight in, in your PvP, and so that's good because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want your bullets to be lagging or things like that. That's not fun. Um, and then it's also just kind of like it doesn't feel like you're taking things as seriously. You just yeah. go in and have fun, right. just have a crazy time. <clears throat> and I think sure. that's what they should do. But yeah, <clears throat> but Bungie's making some good moves. Destiny seems to be moving in a pretty cool direction, sure. and um, we'll just we'll see what happens. Well, I think being a 
being a fan of any MMO, you can't expect to, it's like being in a long distance or it's being like being in a long term relationship. Like you can't expect mm. to be happy about the relationship at every single second of the relationship. You just got to kind right. of have some understanding, compromise a little bit. Um, but race be patient yeah but ultimately like expect if if the relationship is good on both sides and expect there to be some listening and understanding and changing and adapting um and that's the thing about i'm still a fan of destiny those last few months i haven't really played too much of it but i, I think destiny sure. still overall is a great game it's got some great oh yeah um uh, weapons mechanics the lore is amazing sometimes they miss the mark on some of the story stuff but like whenever i play the campaign stuff i i have a great time whenever i play pvp yeah. i have a great time the dungeons yeah. the raids are amazing when we can get a fire team together like yeah why why am i, mean, I gonna I... try to bash a company for like thinking long term and trying different things like uh, let, yeah, them, I... let them try it you know Agreed. Agreed. So the thing is, like, if if it if it doesn't suit me this you know this this season, then I I just won't play as much. But it doesn't mean like the game is bad, and you got to like right off the bat during that that Destiny or uh, the Bungie stream, um, Luke yeah. Smith was like, you know, we made mistakes this last season, and that's on us. You know, we're taking responsibility for that. We're hoping to oh, yeah. learn from it, move, <laughs> and keep keep adapting and changing. Um, yeah. and like, you don't hear that very much. So you got to have some sort of respect for that at least. Um, I, I totally agree. And I, and I think, I think Luke Smith in particular is a very, he's just a very transparent guy. Sure. You know, I mean like, well, I, no, not transparent is the right word, but he, he understands gamers and he understands like what's, what kind of the expectation is sure. there. And he just always has been very like. If they messed up, he he owns up. You know, yeah. He owns up to it. Like, and I, you know, I've always appreciated that about him. What I really appreciate is that he doesn't try to cover things in corporate speak. Um, uh, and you can tell he doesn't. Um, maybe I don't mm. know if he passes any of this stuff through like their PR or whatever, but like, he doesn't try to cover it up or like uh, wrap it in some pretty bow. It's just like, all right, this is what we messed up on. This is what we're trying to right. move to. Like, I can I can definitely respect that for sure. Um, and I don't think you heard a lot of that before their split with Activision. I think the first time you really heard a lot of that was when Forsaken came out, and he he kind of went opposite of what Activision said, and it's like we're actually very <laughs> happy with how Forsaken came out. Um, yeah. So yep. I I think that's when you start hearing a little bit more of of who he really is and like so i i, I mean yeah that was that was awesome because we all yeah. felt so good about forsaken as yeah. a fan base absolutely and, uh, and when activision came out and said that we were like oh no and then he came out and was just like we're yeah he, i mean he i mean he i think he does a good job of i will say preserving maneuverability mm-hmm. you know i mean he yeah, may not be sure. all about corporate speak but he's all he's not gonna like bash activision either you know sure like he's, i mean he's a pretty smart guy yeah and so, but he did come out and like, just say like, we're, we're very happy with this product. And then, um, <clears throat> one thing he says a lot, which is actually from destiny one in the vault of glass raid, mm-hmm. uh, whenever you, uh, get through the Oracle part and you can do damage to Atheon, it says the guardians make their own fate. 
That's true. It does. Yeah. 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 And actually the lore behind that is super freaking cool, but I won't go into it right now. Uh, (laughs) I don't know it. You'll have to tell me about it. Um, Yeah. I I can briefly, I can, okay. So real quick, real quick, two minutes. Basically the, yes. Okay. So the vault of glass is a place where the Vex have like concentrated their technology and power well enough so that they can control time. Mm -hmm. And that there are like people who have like gone into the vault of glass who have been literally erased from time. Yep. That's why other uh, ghosts so are like, still specks in the air. So, yeah, th- something like that. And there's, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember this guy's name. I don't, there was a character who was like a race from time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, so th- you, you still have his, Praetith, that's what it is, Praetith's Revenge. He had, yeah. a, he had a pulse rifle from the raid. And so you find that, but like you learn the lore about him and, and it's really interesting. So anyway, they have power over time. And the way that the encounter works is you are you go through these portals to go to future or past versions of the play space that you're in. Mm-hmm. So you can fight past Vex or future Vex or things like that. And so Atheon is able to... The, basically, the idea is that the oracles would be kind of erasing you from time. Yeah. But guardians, guardians are what they call paracausal. So that means they can kind of step out. They have the power of the light, which means they can kind of step out of those uh, like really cosmic powers and change their fate yeah you know so even though they were fated or something like that through atheon to 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 die in the future or whatever right whenever you get through that part of the encounter it says the guardians make their own fate and then they're able to do extra damage to atheon it's actually really cool so watch the bife video on it it's actually insane yeah (laughs) it's really really cool but um so all that to say when uh when bungie and activision split um, but uh, Luke Smith tweeted that out. Yep, and he said, Gar- "He said guardians make their own fate." And we're all like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> tied it all together." Like, I'm, yeah, I'm sure like, nobody in Activision really understood that line. Um, they, someone, some of them may have. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who's that. Who's the CEO of Activision? It, that's not Bobby Kotick. That's EA. Peter. Um, no. Oh, it's it's um uh what he's he's an Aussie. Uh, what's his name? Totally Bobby Kotick. He's the CEO of Activision? CEO oh, of Activision oh, the, Blizzard. Mm-hmm. The CEO of EA, he's the... Um, uh, Andrew he's something. He's the Aussie. Yes, because the, <laughs> the layman referred to him as Andy. Andy Wilson? Is that yeah, it? Andrew, Andrew Wilson. Wilson. That's, right. yeah. that's it, that's it. So yeah, Bobby Kotick probably doesn't know what it means. Guardians make their own yeah. fate, but he's rich enough he probably doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, the, the whole stuff um, with the Vex is, is fascinating because, like, Praetith, no one knows who Praetith yeah. is because he's there's nothing about him in history, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but you find relics mm-hmm. of his, like weapons and stuff. Um, in that, in the Vault of Glass, too, it's kind of assumed that you, f- you find a body off the beaten path and you find, a, like, bones and stuff. And it's kind of yeah. assumed that that's Praetith's body, but no one knows anything about him or who he is. Um, right. And a really cool catch on this uh, before you go into Atheon, there's like or to fight uh, uh, Atheon, there's a little mm-hmm. like flashes and specks, and someone actually took video of it and zoomed in, and those little specks are or little specks of dust are ghosts. Really? Yeah, and so it's assumed that. that those really cool. are like the the dead ghosts of previous guardians that have been erased from time. Wow. Um, so, I mean, okay. small little thing, but it's so cool if, if that's that's actually uh, a thing. 
Um, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it it shows like the lore, the lore is, is so deep and and vast in in, um, destiny Two or destiny itself. So, and it makes the, it makes the encounters a lot more interesting. Absolutely. And you kind of see why you're doing what you're doing in the encounter other than like, you got to beat the bad guy, but like, here's why it works out in the lore. It's really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah, before we were talking, um, yep. uh, you were talking about uh, some of the stuff you were playing. So what is it that you've got into? A little bit of the past. Yeah, so I, I have gone uh, splunking uh, through games. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, since I got the PS4, there's been several like first part, like just one player uh, story games I wanted to play through. I played through God of War. I really like that. I played through Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've really wanted to play through the Uncharted series. I've heard so many good things about Uncharted, specifically sure. Uncharted 2. I played through like the first half of Uncharted 1 years ago when it came out. And I remember being like, meh. Uh, yeah. But then um, but then I heard that Uncharted 2 was so good. And so I had to, I was like, well, I feel like I should play the first one to, to be able to understand what's going on in the second one. <laughs> and so I did. I, uh, a couple, couple months ago, Sony did a super cool thing when the COVID lockdown was really in like full force. Mm-hmm. Um, they released uh, the first three Uncharted games, which is like the Nathan Drake collection. Yeah. And they released Journey, which is a um, Game of the Year award winning uh, indie game from a long time ago. Really, really good. And they released both those games for free. Yeah. So I downloaded them and um, I played through the first and second Uncharted in like a week and a half. <laughs> Which is um, not super impressive because, I mean, they're not... Each game is, like, 8 to 10 hours long at max. You know, like, they're not that long. Um, But they're really great. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed my time. Um, I I will say the first one still has got kind of janky controls. It was was really annoying at different points in that game to play just, like the way your character moves and mm-hmm. some of the platforming stuff is kind of the, but, um, for both games, the voice acting and the story are really great. Yeah. Like just really excellent. And to be fair um, to it, I mean, so, those games came out more than a decade ago, I think. So, Oh yeah. I think, um, I think the first one came out in 2007 yeah. and the second one came out in 2009. Right. So, um, they're pretty old. Yeah. But yeah, Uncharted Two was was absolutely great. I, I really really enjoyed it, um, and uh, enjoyed yeah. So I enjoyed playing through that one. I haven't played through the third one yet because Destiny stuff came out. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I've been getting into lately. And I and I would say Uncharted Two is definitely worth playing. And I think the first one's worth playing just to kind of get acquainted with some of the story. There are some characters and stuff like that that you get introduced to and. Uh, I think that's helpful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, um, I I felt the same way when I, um, when I played the first one, I wasn't too impressed with the gameplay. Of course. I mean, it's, it's pretty old. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean the world, the, what they did for it, I can definitely appreciate, um, like how much of an advancement it was at the time, the story, the, the, uh, I guess, uh, the cinematography, like the camera angles and how they told the story visually and, and the uh, the script and all that stuff, um, like it's it's a pretty interesting interesting story for sure. Um, so yeah, I I need to get back into it and and play play more of it because I have all four of them. I own all four of them, but yeah. I've only played through the yeah. first one. I think I mean I definitely think they're worth it, and they go by pretty fast. Sure, um, they're 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 kind of like Indiana Jones, you know, just <laughs> yeah. 
90 miles an hour from start to finish and uh there's not a whole lot of downtime or boring stuff in there There, you know it's pretty good pacing but you're you're it's pretty action-packed and you're going (laughs) the the whole time so yeah uh, i got through them pretty quickly for that reason so i gotcha what about you um i haven't really been playing too much work has been um really really um just crazy and so yeah i've really not been doing too much i've been doing a little bit of writing for like uh Actually, D&D, um, I feel like yeah. kind of getting away from media stuff and kind of getting more into my brain and trying to be creative in that way um, has been really therapeutic. Um, That's cool. I guess yeah. as far as like overall. And so um, Ashton just finished um, this section of the campaign we were playing. I think we played it over mm. like 12, 12 sessions or something. Um, two to four hour sessions each Um, and she just kind of got to the end of this one and now I'm kind of like prepping and writing for the next one she's actually writing for a um, for a campaign for me for a whole different story of a of a of a novel like a young adult novel that she wrote like 10 years ago she's been writing she she wrote like half of it like 10 years ago and it's based in charleston yeah. but i think i talked about this last time but she's yeah she's she's prepping that and she's writing that and we're about to play the session zero essentially it's kind of like a a, a warm-up session to kind of me get an idea of the player the character that i have okay. and then her get an idea of how to run a game in the world and the role-playing the npcs and that sort of thing um yeah it's cool and so, you know, we've both been writing a lot, which has really been really, you know, just a, a, a good kind of exercise and hmm. like in creativity and just getting away from like TV and, and video games and stuff like that. Um, still love video sure. games. I'm not getting away from video games, but, you know, sometimes you just need to, to explore other avenues of creativity. Um, hey, I'm gonna try and start bake. Yeah, start baking for you know? sure. So, yeah, I get, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I haven't really been playing too many uh, video games. I've been really um, thinking about jumping into um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, and I've really been wanting to play Horizon Zero Dawn again, um, hmm. just because I that's it. I think that's in my top top three games. Um, I thoroughly okay. enjoyed it. You haven't played that one yet, have you? I started it, but I haven't. I I haven't played more than like an hour of it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that game is just—it's beautiful. It's an amazing game. So, I don't know. I've just been feeling a pull to play that one. Um, play that one again. Um, but yeah. other than that, haven't really been been doing too much. Um, watched the um, PS Five reveal. Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Uh, so, if if you guys don't know yet. Um, you guys aren't real gamers. I'm just kidding. No, PS5 <laughs> revealed shame their console. Um, the design. They talked about specs. They um, and then they did games reveals, the game announcements. And um, yep. honestly, like they're not. It's not releasing with a bunch of games. Most of the games they revealed are releasing next year. Uh, I think there's like one or two that were releasing um, towards the end of this year or something like that. There but, are several that are still to, to be determined. Yeah, uh, but PS5, they killed this event. Um, like, you can tell that they... Yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, you can tell from the, the interviews. All the interviews had the same look, the same lighting. Um, it was, I mean, from all these different developers, it all had a cohesive mm. feel to it, which 
shows oh, that, yeah. that a lot of prior planning went into it. A lot of production and pre-production and post-production uh, went into making this like a actual cohesive event. So Sony, they, right. they did a, a great job with the event. I, I'm really impressed by it. Um, still, if, if I had to choose between one or the other, I would still choose an Xbox because most of my friends are on Xbox. I really enjoy the Xbox controller, the Xbox platform, um, game pass, but yeah. PS five, like it's, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what they did here. And I'm, I'm really uh, excited about some of these games. Um, what'd you think yeah. about it? Yeah. Uh, so I only got to watch part of it live. Um, and I think because it was on the reveal stream, like some of the frame rates were getting yeah, like choppy. So it was mm-hmm. like it, it probably was in 60 frames per second, but it was like dropped down to 30 from what I could see. Sure. And so some of it like looked really amazing, but then it got broken up by a choppy frame rate. Um, so I, I remember I, I got to see um, what was it? Uh, Ratchet and Clank, which yeah. actually like at first it was like, Okay, this looks like a clean version of Ratchet and Clank, and then you saw some other screens where like they're moving fast through some like some some uh, landscapes and some different areas. Yeah. It looked really impressive. Um, yeah. It really did. It looked really nice. Um, I was surprised by that one uh, for sure. I, I've I, I yeah, played a little bit of the original Ratchet and Clank, um, but it wasn't really my kind of game, um, and it still isn't. But I'm actually really excited to play this one. I it looks really cool. The The look of it, the feel of it just looks really clean. Um, the art yeah. style is really interesting. I I mean, I'm going to have to see a little bit more, but I'm, I am I didn't expect it, but I'm kind of interested to play this one. Yeah, I, I, I think that looks, I think it looks interesting. They're coming out with a new Spider-Man game mm-hmm. that focuses entirely on Miles Morales, which I think sure. is a good move. Uh, that'll be cool. Um I wasn't super interested in a lot of the games personally, just because they didn't appeal to me. Sure. Uh, Horizon, I think, would be interesting. I haven't played, like I said, we I haven't played the first one yeah. all the all the way, um, or even much of the way. Uh, but I've heard nothing but good things about it, so I'm excited that there's a, a new release coming out, and I'm yeah. excited that they announced it. Yeah. Um, I was kind of interested in Godfall, um, but I, I will say, like, I wasn't, I watched the trailer and I wasn't super drawn in by it. I don't really know sure. why. I can't, I can't really point to a reason why, but I just did, it didn't grab me. Yeah. Um, so I would say that I was far more interested in the form factor. And so I, we and you have talked about it a little bit. What do you think of the form factor? I think they're going a little too out of the box. Um, it's yeah. It's um, it's a little too minority report uh feel you know the i don't know it's hard to explain but the way that i i see it is this has to be an accessory to your current setup it's not something that you would redesign your entire setup for and it it feels awkward and it feels a little bit like they're reaching as far as like sci-fi design you know yeah that's something i've heard is like um it's some of the people I say like I think it looks cool, but I don't want to put it in my office. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and it being partially white, well, mostly the exterior of it being white doesn't help it. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just not. 
it just doesn't fit with the aesthetic. The thing is, it's not a decoration piece. Um, so it shouldn't be that you go out of your way to design something that's super sci-fi and crazy. Um, because at the end of the day, like most people are using this thing for the functionality of it, not for the decoration right, right. purpose. And so I think they went a little too crazy. I think Xbox Series X went a little too much in the other direction, maybe. Um, the monolith, but that is, maybe I don't I don't mind it. But that's the maybe, thing. Maybe that, I'm just too much of an Xbox fanboy. I don't know. I think that's the thing. Like I would go with a console where it's like I don't mind the design rather than something that I'm like oh, this just I don't know. This looks like it's sh- it it's. I don't know. It should it should belong in the movie Arrival or or something, you know. <laughs> it's yeah, it's re- yeah. it feels like it's reaching as far as like sci-fi design. That's what it that's I think that's the best way I can sum it up. Um, I think it's just I, I I the way I the way I thought of it was it kind of goes along with those like concept cars that you see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's the those are cars that no one wants to drive. Like yeah. no one is interested in that. And maybe in fifty or hundred years we'll be there. But I don't I don't know that necessarily that's what the future is going to look like. Like all these like sharp angles and cur- you know like I just don't I, I don't see that being the case. And so sure. I, I think it was a bold choice, and I do respect them for that. I like that they've incorporated the five. Like that's it's like a V sure. in the front, which is cool. Um, but I also don't like that it's, it's not symmetrical and, and it's not, you know, like there's these two flaps that stick out. They look like a pop collar and I don't, I yeah. don't like that. I, as I keep on thinking that, that, that those are going to catch on something. And That's what I was thinking the console too. Off. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to break off. Like I'm almost certain of it. It just, just some parts of it just really, I, I, I it's too asymmetrical yeah. for me. I know some people travel with their consoles. They'll, they'll take it with them to go play. You know, if they're on a business trip, they'll yeah. play in their hotel or sometimes I'll bring my Xbox to come play, um, with you. But like, I would feel afraid of bringing this, of like scratching the surface or like breaking part of the, uh, the, the fin part yeah. off or something. So, the design, yeah. I'm not too excited about. I think they kind of missed a mark there. Um, I, w- I think we texted about this. I was like, why don't they? Why didn't they put out a poll? Kind of having concept designs, maybe not even necessarily about the PS5, but things that were similar, mm. and just polling the consumers on like, how do you feel about this design versus this design and this design? Right. You know, just right. kind of general design aesthetic, and kind of getting an idea of what the consumer might be interested in because I think this is a little too much. Um, but now that we've thoroughly think, muddied up the, what <laughs> well, I, I've also heard, and I agree with this opinion. I think a lot of people are going to say like, this looks cool and I like it in a year or two from now. They're going to be like, yeah, I really wish it didn't look like this. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to figure out ways to paint or change the color or the the look of it, um, like replacing even, even that with new paint or whatever. The, well, yeah, maybe they can do that. I don't know, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about some yeah. of the games. Uh, you mentioned some yeah. of them. Uh, are any of these ones that you're excited to play, or like, what's the the most excited exciting one to you? I guess probably the New Horizon game. Um, like I've never been, I've never played any Odd World games. Mm. Uh, this this game, uh, 
Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. A lot of people were talking about, like, Schmizmar is super excited to play that. It kind of reminds me of, like, uh, Pikmin, and I never played Pikmin, and okay. I was never interested in playing Pikmin, so. Yeah. Um, and these are games that might be great, you know, I just, I never got into them, so. Sure. Uh, I wasn't super interested in, like, I've heard, I heard that game a Ret- Returnal actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, Deathloop might be interesting. And that's made by the same people who did um, Prey and, oh, what was it? Um, dang it, I'm totally blanking on the name. Arcane, Arcane Studios? Studios. Uh, Dishonored? Yeah, they did. Dishonored, Dishonored. that's it. Yeah, they did Dishonored. <clears throat> and so, I mean, the, and those are really interesting games, so I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so those might be those, those might be good. Yeah. What about um, you? Deathloop, I was the aesthetic of it, the the art style, everything about that looks really, really cool. But like I've said this before, I'm really more into story based games. Um, yeah. So Deathloop seems like it's it's really mostly a PvP type thing. Um, again, still yeah. not sure, yeah. but that's what it feels like. And it's the same reason why like um, uh, Apex uh, Legends didn't really hook me as much, or um, right. Oh my gosh, people are going to be pissed at me. The other one. Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> the reason Fortnite didn't hook me. Um, I think I played more Apex Legends than I did Fortnite, but like the reason those didn't hook me is because they're not like big story games and you know that sort of thing. Um, there's, yeah, there's no, no story at all. Really, sure. But, yeah. um, but the games I'm, I'm really excited about, Horizon for sure, after playing the first one, like sure. I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Some of the concept art that I've seen from it is incredible. I am... Mm. And, you know, it doesn't even show too much, but, like, I, uh, it looks amazing. So, um, it really looks like that girl is doing a great job of, like, pushing the envelope on the art style and the technology. And they already did that with the first one uh, after going to GDC and, and hearing some of the devs talk about the technology and things that they have did with the first one. Like, I'm excited to see what they what they do with this one. Um Ratchet and Clank, yeah, it just looks really, really interesting. I think they did a great job. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Um, it just looked clean. I think the lighting was really impressive. the The feel of it uh, during the gameplay portion looked really, really cool, and that's what hooked me—not the cinematic stuff, um, but or the cutscenes, but like the the gameplay actually yeah. looked really, really interesting. So I'm interested in that. Mm. I think Kenna. Bridge of the Spirits and Little Devil um, were kind of ones that came out of left field for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I think I had the most interest in those two. Um, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Not sure why, but there's something about it that just like got me really, really interested. So, um, really mm-hmm. interested in that. Um, Spider Man too. Um, right. Um, Stray was one that I'm kind of interested in. I was intrigued by. There wasn't really much shown about. It's the cat that's in the robot city. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I did see that trailer, and it was, it, it, it was unique for sure. Sure, yeah. Um, of course, no gameplay. Um, just more of a uh, announcement. But you know, it, it looked really interesting, really cool. I mean, you play as a cat, I'm guessing. But like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, but the whole world, the whole setup, the way that they um, showed it was was pretty interesting. Um. Jet the Far Shore was the one with the rocket that was taking off, and it showed Year Zero. And as it took off, it it went up in years. And again, not much gameplay, but but really interesting one. 
Uh, Returnal yeah. was really interesting. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo was that like first person. Um, the guy was doing I'm... like spells and different things like that from his hands. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I'm I'm semi interested in that one. I, I if it felt like from the trailer it looked a little bit too tunnel visioned. Sure. Almost like the the field of view was so close it was hard to yeah. like when he was doing stuff. I felt like it was too close. Um, sure. It, it just it just kind of threw me off, but I I did think that game looked interesting. Yeah, that's sure. that's one that I want to see more gameplay or more about it yeah. before I can make up my mind about it. But of course, it was Definitely. very interesting. Um, Odd World, I think visually it had some of the best like lighting and um, animations, yeah. and even though it's a platformer, it's not really like my type of game. It was really interesting, and I, I'm kind of interested to see more about it, just because of how how good it looked. Um, but well, Oddworld has got a kind of a massive, you know, it's got it's got it's cult, cult status, cult filing, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot here which I'm pretty excited about. Like, uh, Godfall was interesting to me. Um, Gran Turismo Seven. I used to be a big Gran Turismo person. Um, way way yeah, back. I thought you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Death Loop. Goodbye Volcano High. Um, interested to see what that one's about. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, um, that one looked really. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, it kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be interesting. Um, it kind of had uh, vibes of um, the oh, shoot, the game where the girl can control time. Um, it was kind of a uh, tall uh, telltale kind of feel to it, but um, huh. it had kind of an emo kind of feel. <laughs> Uh, but this girl could could reverse time and and readjust stuff but uh it had that kind of oh, okay, okay. same feel yeah um but yeah there were a lot there was a lot here that i was really really surprised by like i came in came in kind of uh skeptical just coming off of the xbox stuff um yeah. but i think they've got a pretty strong lineup here and um, i think they did well i do i think they did well yeah I- you mentioned earlier the maybe the release games are not going to be that fantastic yeah. right mm-hmm. now, but the games that are coming out, I'm sure, are going to be pretty strong, pretty, sure. pretty strong offering. And I, I also have to say, this isn't a PlayStation exclusive, I don't think, but yeah. I've heard really great things about Resident Evil 7, and so I'm kind of intrigued by Resident Evil 8 as well. Yeah, I've never been a real big Resident Evil person, but I mean, yeah. I can't argue that they... I mean, they they have good games. They those Resident Evil games are pretty impressive at what they do. Their pacing, their yeah. their, I mean the the story. It's it's fascinating. It's it's really really good game. And I think I played for sure five or something like that. But they're good games. They're they're really good games. And so yeah, um, there's a lot here. There's just a lot here, and I'm really interested sure. to see how Xbox um, or Microsoft. Uh, responds and if they i don't know are they going to show more uh more games or are they going to show more of the games they um showed before like what's uh Mm. i think they're going to show halo in july sure i I don't i don't think they can i don't think they can afford not to honestly yeah Yeah, Um, absolutely i think they have to but um yeah hopefully they do and and then the last kind of piece of the puzzle is how much are these going to cost? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to imagine that they're going to be at least 500 um, because the Xbox at one X has to be is still four ninety nine. 
So, and when it drops down, I think it gets down to, to um, 450 or something like that. Yeah. Um, PS- maybe, the, maybe the one without a disk drive will be 450, but... Sure, but the thing is, like, if these are supposed to be more powerful, and right now those previous consoles are still those prices, we probably not going to see anything That's below five hundred. Um, That's a good point. I, I didn't even think about that. The current prices are still like, yep, pretty high up there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't imagine any of the any of these are going to be below five hundred. Maybe the digital versions might be four fifty. I can't see them going three ninety nine for them uh, because like removing oh, no way. removing no way. a disc drive isn't going to drop the price by a hundred bucks. So um, no, they won't be less than they won't. No, they, I don't think they'll be less than four fifty. Yeah, and that that's like that's really pushing it. I mean, it is. Yeah, I, I yeah. think you're right. And the thing is, like uh, when they release, there's probably not going to be a chance I'm going to I'm going to grab one um, when they release. I mean, it might be yeah. um, a few months into the next year or maybe summer of next year before I, I tried to look at prices for them. Um, because the right. thing is, like, I'm guessing I'm going to have plenty to play still on my current <laughs> and stuff. So, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, in no, have... I'm in no hurry to, to get a you new console. You still have a good backlog of games, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, one of the things that's appealing to me about Xbox mm-hmm. is that you, you have so many games that you get on day one yeah. because of backwards compatibility sure. and because of Game Pass. And um, one thing that one thing the Destiny stream did reveal was that uh, next consoles will play at 60, uh, 60 FPS at 4K. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I don't really care about the 4K thing, but 60 FPS is great. Sure. And... Um, and I, I might actually care about 4k once I finally see it. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, um, it's impressive. Um, for me, I'd rather take a solid 30 frames at 4k. Um, but 60 FPS is really, really nice to play. Uh, especially really for is. a shooter. I think yeah, absolutely. I can understand your argument for like a, for like a, a cinematic, yeah. like, like third red, person red dead redemption or horizon or something like yeah, that. Or God of war or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But for a, a for a FPS, it really makes a big difference sure. in how smooth it is, and um, so that's exciting. And another thing is like intergenerational crossplay. So yeah. even if you don't get a new Xbox, I can still play Destiny with you, which is cool. Well, that's um, been really interesting about Sony. They've actually said anything you you create on the PS5 now has to be backwards, or for the PS4 now has to be uh, backwards compatible. Compatible. So. Some of these games that are in progress right now, they're actually to pass their, um, I forgot what it's called, to pass Sony's thing to allow them to be published mm. or whatever. Um, they have to be playable um, on the PS5 as well. Um, See, I heard I heard the opposite. I heard that like Xbox is really pushing for that. They um, they always have, but, but Sony's PlayStation. Re- Sony's responding now because Xbox's stuff is is already so far backwards compatible. Sony hasn't had yeah. that, and they know that that's a that's a huge um, that's a huge it's thing a really for a lot of gamers. Friendly decision. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I can't remember. There was a couple of devs that uh, reported that to some news outlets that Sony is pushing that now, where they need to have backwards okay. compatibility for their games. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, sure. we're gonna see. Of course, we don't know anything about that yet, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Indeed. Yeah. Um, well. Listener, yeah. what did you think about the Duck Bill? I mean, the new uh, PlayStation Five. Yeah, what are some of the games that were uh, were interesting to you that you're excited to play, or maybe ones that were intriguing to you? Um, 
if you want to reach us, we're at on Twitter at the EG Podcast. Same thing with uh, Instagram. Um, sure. I'm on mm-hmm. Twitter at Nick J Wells. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Skitch Two Five Six. Although I have to admit, I never check my Instagram. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't really check. Uh, actually, I don't. I try not to use my Instagram for for <laughs> podcast stuff. So there you go. Yep. Yeah. So Twitter. So maybe just try Twitter. Try Twitter. <laughs> we'll respond on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Well, um, well thank cool. you guys thanks for, for yeah, thanks for for listening to us and, and hanging out with us, and um, we'll uh, catch you guys in the next one. Yep. Yeah. Y'all take care. Bye.